Space Action Podcast, a division of Space Action Heroes, a webcomic you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. I'm DC and Chama. I'm Chris Carson. What's up, happy 2019, bitches? Mm. Even though we're at this point three weeks in, it's new to this podcast. It's new to this podcast. 2019 is new. This is the first podcast of 2019, so welcome back, everyone who patiently waited uh, since our Christmas podcast. And a record cold fucking day. We're in the room right now, and my feet are freezing. I don't know about yeah. you. My feet are and fucking freezing. My feet are freezing, and I'm pretty sure that Doug Ford has cut all road work to the city. <laughs> roads in Toronto are bullshit. We're, I, I uh, nearly uh, crashed into people behind me coming down hills in Toronto. In the city, the 401's clear, but it hasn't snowed since yesterday. Yeah. No, I haven't seen shit. Like, like, yesterday it was shit and snow. And the city knew. They've been seeing it for weeks. Yeah. And still not a single truck went by all day. I'm pretty all sure day. he's cut a lot. So if anyone knows, please comment if Doug Ford has completely uh, torn out the guts of, uh, of city council's ability to, to, to uh, clear the roads. Yeah. But aside from that, speaking of shit shows, oh boy. what are we talking about this week? This week we're delving... What way to start the year, honestly, than to talk about one of my most controversial directors, storytellers of all time. I don't know how he keeps going, no. but holy shit, M. Night Shyamalan's newest opus in the East... What's it? What's it called? The Eastwood something? something? East, it's the train. Whatever train. East Rail on. 177 trilogy. That's <laughs> catchy. Shit. That's catchy. Uh, yeah, way to go, M. Night. Clearly put a lot of thought into this, just like you did the other fucking two movies. Glass! Belief in oneself is contagious. We are part of something larger. We are fighting for the broken. Glasses, Mr. Glass. First name, Mr. Last name, Glass. An apparent part three to an alleged trilogy that was started 19 years ago, question mark? Part two and part three are separated by, I think, less than two years. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, let's just, well, first of all, spoilers out the gate, because I don't think I'm going to be able to contain my rage of how much I just utterly, this movie was like. Can we talk about the lead up to it first, about like, can we we start with Unbreakable and and Split first, like, and just ease into the the shit show? Yeah, because I just, I want to say right off the bat, Unbreakable is, I think, the best movie Shadowpawn ever made. I call him M. Night Shadowpawn because that's what he does to every fucking thing. He touches. Terrible um, decisions. Yeah. Like, repeated terrible decisions. decisions. Um, but I love Unbreakable. I rewatched it again recently, too, mm-hmm. and it still holds up. I just absolutely love it. My one problem with this movie, and I think it's it, it's because I went I watched Split. Mm-hmm. I knew this movie was coming out, so I watched Split. And then I went back to watch Unbreakable. Thank God, because if I watched it in order, I would have been like, fuck this, I'm it's, not watching yeah, it. No, like, I, I had to re... I tried to rewatch Split, and I had but. 50 minutes in, I was like, yeah. I remember it enough. I don't need to fuck it. I had to, like, refresh my love of this dude, so I, I watched Unbreakable right before I went to the theater. And my only problem with that movie, and it becomes more obvious with the other two, is that I hate the way the characters in those movies are as limited in terms of their information of the world they live in as much as the audience is. Yeah. They seem to know stuff 
as we do. Yeah. Like, Bruce Willis can't remember his fucking childhood. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? Why not? How come only... You ever, have I ever gotten sick? Do you, I can't remember when I got sick. Do you si- remember if I got sick? I Dude, know. I have a shit memory. I can remember five times when I got sick in the last ten years. Even like, though he, he clearly distinctly remembered uh, faking an injury. Or did he forget that, too, until the flashback? You know what I mean? Like, none of it was just, like, that was the only thing going back and rewatching. I'm like, okay, now that I get, like, where the chinks in your armor are, yeah. dude, I can see how that one's cannibal. Well, I do. I remember watching that movie and thinking, gee, I hope this awesome hero ends up dying in a puddle outside of a mental institution. Now, why a mental institution? You just assumed he's one day going to get arrested, or? <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's> <laughs> okay. I just assumed he'd be, yeah. No, oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Anyway, sorry, that's a spoiler. Yeah. We'll get to that a little later. But I do, I want to preface it by saying M. Night has always been like watching a student film. It's almost like he's going in reverse, because his early stuff was, like, thematically amazing. The, the things he was exploring were amazing, like Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. To a degree, Signs, but Signs really falls apart. And then... As his career went on, he became more sophomoric and more... Like, Glass felt like a first-year film student's project. In the themes that they were attempting to present, that they were presenting as lofty. <laughs> like, finding out who you are wasn't even a part of it anymore. It was... A, 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 someone from an evil corporation was tricking them to think they weren't superheroes. But that never really got traction. The problem... And the, my biggest problem with that, if we're going to jump to that... Yeah, the third one, Is that, like... Oh my god, dude, you spent two movies painstakingly showing us that these people are, in fact, superhumans. So why? What's the point of... Even at the start of Glass, Bruce Willis is whipping people's super strength into the wall. Yeah. So, so two seconds later, psychologist McGee's like, yeah, no, no, you're not superheroes. And she's like, and the worst, to rub salt in the wound is when it, as they're drowning, Bruce Willis is like, did I convince you? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, not for a goddamn second. I got a three-leaf clover. Get it? Because they're not the rare ones. Get it? it? It's It was just like, I couldn't no, it wrap was, my head around what... The decisions were insane. I... I'll get to that. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll anyways, get to that. Anyways, we, we were going to start with Unbreakable. <laughs> that was the only problem I had, but like that was the biggest problem was that knowing that seeing this like how limited the views of these characters mm-hmm. are within their own worlds. Split really started to run with that. I love James McAvoy in both those movies and in this mo- Glass too. Performances are He's great. Fucking really good yeah, like there they, comes a certain point where I in. just believe those personalities exist yeah like legit I'm like oh Patricia's terrifying I'm like wait that's yeah. still James McAvoy he's just not using an American yeah. accent you know you actually start seeing them as different people <laughs> yeah, and that's absolutely a, yeah so it's such a, a attributing to his quality as an actor totally yeah. and made me forget he's Mr. Tumnus I was talking to a friend of mine she's like all I could think of whenever I see James McAvoy is Narnia he was Mr. Tumnus oh was and he and I was like god damn he's a good actor I forgot about that altogether he was in Children of Dune the sci-fi original movie based on the Frank Herbert books and oh. all I can think all I think of when I see James McAvoy now is him as Leto the second in that movie because he's just it's disgusting he's just terrible <laughs> but yeah like watching Split once again, the characters are only aware of the universe as it unfolds, yeah. which was really frustrating. Like, James McAvoy puts these three chicks in a room, they rebel against him, he's like, ooh, that's it, I'm putting you in separate rooms. It's like, why didn't you... Why in the first place? How many times have you done this? Why yeah. didn't you put them in separate rooms in the fucking first place? I honestly think he thought he was going to trick the audience, too, into being like, wait, aren't they superheroes? Did he think that we're that 
Apparently, <laughs> apparently, because of it, cause we're back I mean, on the glass now. By the, the way, to, the, to tip like it was Bruce Willis's reaction where he starts looking down, he starts believing like half light. Maybe it was all real, and how intimately? Yeah, for um, fifteen years he's been doing this. The performance is really good. Uh, whenever McAvoy starts to break down because she's like, I bent those bars myself, and then he's the like, well, there's old and he, bars and blah blah blah. He starts to tear up because he's like, oh my god, my faith has been broken, and that would make sense for him because he's a young. For, like, a 55-year-old Bruce Willis... He's apparently been doing this for over a decade, being the shit out of people. years since yeah. Unbreakable. That makes no... And for Samuel Jackson, it makes no sense. Even though he was just comatose for the most... Pretending to be comatose, so... But for Bruce Willis to even doubt... It didn't make any sense. No. It made no fucking sense. No. So anyways, yeah, fucking glass, whatever. I'm not here... I really don't understand, what, again, what the theme... Like, Unbreakable, to me, the theme is about a midlife crisis. And it's also about just uh, how hard it is to not know who you are. Yes. And the, the satisfaction that comes with discovering who you are. Yes. I don't know what the fuck Split's about. The one that really gets me is, this is where my mind just had to go, fucking hold up a second. He kills people who need to be purified, which he believes is mutilating them to death. Right. The reason he doesn't kill that chick at the end is because she's cut herself. Thank God she was, like, raped by her uncle, eh? So, is that the theme of the movie? I'm is, like, is, is, thank I God guess, for uncle rape so at night? Like, what more, are you trying to tell me? Is it more basic than that, of, like, uh, our tragedies, no matter how bad they are, make us who we are? Define who we Define are. Define who we are. I is think that's that? what he was going for, but it does not land. So, again, feels like a first-year film student's yeah. project. yeah. So, cut to glass. <laughs> I don't know. No pun intended. <laughs> and, like, I'm buying the first little bit, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. I kind of hate the way, once again, the characters only as aware of the universe that we're given. Yeah. Three superheroes are, a, like, they're a national, inter, uh, worldwide phenomenon, right? They're all in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess because the, <laughs> okay. three, the three Leaf Clover gang has been uh, uh, going around killing Pacifying them Pacifying the other yeah. ones. But remember at the end of Unbreakable, there's a scene where Sam Jackson in his lab has a bunch of cut-out articles about child survives mudslides, yeah. soul survivor. So clearly he's been tracking this shit. But then I guess he's been, is it, was it, they never actually said what has been happening with him for the 15 years. So after he was arrested at the end of Unbreakable, has he just been in an institution ever since Presumably. So I guess acting stupider because his mom insinuates he's kind of like controlling the shit from behind the scenes. They cut that line. I noticed there was two the two best things from the trailer of the mother going. Oh, everyone always underestimates the mastermind, and then that one look that Sammy J gives of that just smirk. that little tiny, barely noticeable smirk on his face never happened in the movie. The two parts of the trailer, I was like, oh, that's that's great. Uh, once again, I don't think you're supposed to. To it, like the, the, the <laughs> fucking thing. It's a lot to unpack here. It's a lot to unpack here, but like the one thing that really, really got to me was just how clumsily. Like again, the first little bit, I went in with an open mind. Again, I was coming off hot off the heels of Unbreakable. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm so ready. You know, no matter how dopey this movie is, it's still gonna be Unbreakable it's, Three. It's, yeah. it's gonna be those three characters. I'm in. I'm yeah. like, give me what you got. That's what he gave. The first little bit, I'm like, here we go, here we go. Oh my god, the overseers tracking down the horde. That's kind of cool. That, that should have right. been the whole movie. That's yeah. I would <laughs> love to watch two titans fight the, fight each other. Yeah. The second they fell out of the factory and the lights come on. And uh -huh. she shows up and she's like, don't run anymore, David Dunn. And I was like, oh, You can no. hurt all these men or you can come with us. I was like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. Like, the movie just came to a grinding halt. I was mm -hmm. like, that was where it was starting to pick up steam. And now we cut to a fucking 
Paisley version <laughs> of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with gotta, superheroes. I I'm mentioned like, this earlier that it was a $20 million production budget. 15 of that probably went, or more, went to um, the actors. Like, Samuel Jackson doesn't come cheap. James McAvoy is arguably one of the biggest stars in Hollywood right now. And uh, Bruce Willis, I don't know, he's not doing a lot, but he still probably has I a pretty got huge, huge paycheck. Yeah. So the movie looked like it cost about $100,000 to make, and I'm wondering if it did. If, like, everything went towards just paying those actors. It had to, man. The whole middle chunk of... so ugly. The middle chunk... Actually, even in the end, the fucking final fight happens in the parking lot of the institution. This was one a review I said for it was, uh, did M. Night take a year off and go to Ryan Johnson's school for subverted expectations? Seriously. Because the whole thing, they're going for that tower, and then they never get to the tower. It's like, ah, we we tricked you, audience. All I kept hearing in my head is Millhouse from that episode of The Simpsons with Poochie. Like, when are they going to get to the fireworks? works factory yeah but in the back of my mind I'm like there's no way up until now been in the trailer well no this movie doesn't have the budget for it oh right right so i was like unless he's gonna green screen the shit out of it there's no way they're getting to that tower well that's what i was wondering i was like this seems like it's cost a hundred thousand dollars are they saving all their money for some big climax mm. and then it was like no no they just didn't have any <laughs> money whatsoever it was so embarrassing so well can i just say this too go for it yeah just jump straight <laughs> to the end before i forget to say this is that in an attempt to be lofty, he kills all three of them. James McAvoy, uh, Samuel Jackson, Bruce Willis, they all fucking die like little bitches Mm -hmm. in the parking lot of of an insane asylum in order to to tell the story of of, release the footage from it and and let the world be aware of superheroes and some lofty martyr-esque bullshit. They all died so the rest of us could wake up. Um, A... That, clearly he doesn't have his finger on the pulse of society because that would just be called fake news and disappear a week later when mm-hmm. some celebrity says a bad word. And B, does that mean that he's setting up a part four where it's going to be a bunch of young, hip superheroes all worshipping like... By these... virtue of the fact his mom says a u- this is a universe being born or some such right. shit, I was like, oh my god. Like, literally, that movie's meta-ness was just <laughs> not cool. No. <laughs> it was arrogant and fucking annoying. Like, whatever he... Sam Jackson's like, ah, three protagonists now enter the scene. Yeah. I was like, fuck off. Do you know that horribly awkward dialogue of the mother being like, he she, he told me this is called the c- climax where they all yes. reveal their, their powers. <laughs> what the fuck? So that brings me to my next point. There are certain staples of M. Night Shyamalan movies that are unbearable. Like his dialogue at times is just uh, like some like but he can't write like confusion or subversion no. whatsoever. Like a subverted person in an M. Night movie is like, what? No. Man, no, we're not. We're not. We're not, man. No. It's not like that. That's your code, right? Your superhero code. That's not, it's not clunky at all, M. Night. No. Just shove it right That's in there. That's what he needs. Good cinematographers, good cameramen, good so, composers. That was one of the things I was holding out for. There were two moments in, in uh, uh, Unbreakable where I forgot how fucking good that dude is at visual storytelling and their uh, uh, t- building tension. Mm-hmm. One at the top of the movie where David's at the chair and he keeps just going back and forth between the cracks in the chair. And the kid's watching him. Yeah. yeah and then and judging him. You're the just like, you're just, I was white knuckled the entire time. I'm like, well, yeah. I don't remember when the train crashes. Yeah, like, yeah, I know yeah. it's going to happen, but I don't remember when it, and the, the way he does it, it cuts. Yeah. So you're like, oh my God, all that just tension for nothing. Out and then... Exactly. Same thing with the scene with the gun. 
It's so yep. effective. The camera's just going back and forth. And what's so terrifying is that there's a fucking kid with a gun in the room, but I can't see him. Yeah. So I'm white knuckled. I'm like, I don't so know what he's doing. Going, what's yeah. He does that really well. And I was waiting for at least one then or two moments. he just doing that. Well, at least <laughs> one moment where he would like do a little, because again, no. Unbreakable so visually distinct, Split so visually distinct. I'm like, how are you going to marry those two together? He was like, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just no. going to make it look like every it other fucking like, movie. It looked like hot garbage. It was shot on digital. And again, I said this to you earlier. I honestly think he's only as good as the people he surrounds himself sure. with. If you have a great cinematographer, you deliver him your script. He's gonna. I doubt M Night came up with the idea for a lot of the camera work sure. in Unbreakable. He just who it was like Bill Pope or someone awesome who did I, I believe who did Six Unbreakable Sense. Uh, Six Sense and Unbreakable. But everyone jumped ship as soon as he started making horrible movies, and now he surrounded himself with people who aren't as good as him. Mm. And so his movies look like hot garbage. The don't get me started on the fucking score. That was irritating. Well, because they Holy kept, hell. They kept playing the amazing James Newton Howard theme for David Dunn yeah. over scenes where he wasn't in it. <laughs> and then when the two moments when he was like heroic at the beginning when he caught the horde and when he got his costume back, they played some... It's like they fell asleep on their keyboard in the in the higher notes. Right. That was the th- his new theme, which is like... Bwah! <laughs> like, you have this awesome James Newton Howard score to the use. One that kept bugging me is it happened in a couple scenes where like people were talking and were slowly pushing in on them. Usually, and it's really, really, really arrogant when a third of your characters take half the movie speaking directly to the camera. <laughs> All right? Unless you're Spielberg or Kubrick, don't do that. Don't it's do that. It's really obnoxious. So she's speaking like being like superheroes. <laughs> you people focus too much on superheroes. I'm like, I get it. This Wait, isn't what? subtle. This yeah. isn't subtle. And they're just be this irritating like <laughs> humming subtle. like yes. in the background. I'm like, dude, you're not you're not Hitchcock. No, I know you think you are, but you're you have to earn these merits, these yeah. little things. But it just feels like you're making it up as you're going along, and I can't stand that in the fucking film. Case in point, the one that really jumped out in my mind is the scene where Glass meets the Beast. Mm. There's an ed- the, sh- the editing, dude. Oh, when the, the camera's just circling around the two of them, right? They go in the room, and McAvoy's <laughs> hopping around the table. He's doing this dance or whatever. Mm. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? He cuts back outside to a shot of, like, saying, surgery room to call back. Remember Sam Jackson's underneath that laser right, thing? Right, yeah. We're back in that room. Which was then completely pointless. cuts back to McAvoy dancing on the table. I'm like, why didn't you just put that establishing <laughs> shot at the beginning? Why did you cram it in the middle? And there was a lot of shit like that. There in that were movie. no establishing shots. Did you notice that? When we cut to the high school and shit, they were just like, wait, are we in a new location yes. now? Yes. And there's Sorry. a lot of times like that where it's just like, dude, do you know how to, like, yeah. visual Frame storytelling yeah. works? Like, yeah. the first time we see Sam Jackson, he's all twitchy. Then there's no reveal that he's been playing possum the whole time. No. He's just on a computer. Yeah. And then my favorite... The my, shadow of the wheelchair going by? That my favorite was whatever at the was one part where he... It seems like almost it was like a pickup shot. Like they totally forgot to do it. What's the name of the one actress? I forget her name. Um, the giant-eyed girl from... Um, Sarah Paulson. Split? Yeah. Sarah Paulson. There was a fucking... No, no, no. Not the girl. The, oh, the, the psychiatrist. psychiatrist. There was a couple shots. I'm pretty sure she wasn't there in the last scene. They kept using her body double where it's just the back of her head a lot. Um, but there's one pick of Like shot. Robin Wright's uh, body double. <laughs> Remember that one flashback of Robin Wright? Just their back to the camera? In Unbreakable? In Split. Or, I'm sorry, in Glass. So are you talking about Unbreakable? Yeah. Uh, so I'm talking about the psychiatrist in, in glass. glass, but there was a flashback in yeah, this one? Yeah, there was a flashback of David Dunn remembering his wife, and it's just it's just some actor, actress 
face away from the camera, and he walks up, and what was her name? Like, Gloria or whatever? Uh, Audrey. 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 He goes, Audrey! And then he wakes up. Oh, man, I don't remember that. I remember whenever he used a fucking deleted scene from Unbreakable, because he was really running out of material. There was, that was 40 <laughs> seconds where I felt like I was watching a real movie. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I totally uh, stepped on what you are saying um, there. Okay, so she... It's my favorite part. So at this point, no one in the facility, the Keystone cops who run the place, don't fucking know that uh, the super genius of a fucking dude's been playing mm-hmm. the whole time. So what's the reveal? It's this awkward above shot of Sam Jackson sleeping, and this psychiatrist walks in. She goes, she's like, what's his name? Ezekiel? No. Fuck. What's his oh, his name? actual name. Yeah. Elijah. Elijah. Elijah, Elijah, wake up. We've seen the footage. We realize you've been duping us what? this whole no! time. What? No! No! <laughs> and he gets the needle to the neck. But then, was that... I started laughing my <laughs> what ass. What the what? That was the funniest fucking thing was that... I have ever seen. That had to be part of his plan, though, because he went out, and, even though completely pointless to the overall plot, was the whole b- <laughs> magic brain laser that was supposed to... To wipe his memory. Memory. And then he went and he changed over the lenses. So he must have known that they would have seen him doing that, but not that he was changing the lenses. And they never really established how he was getting out of his room either. Remember no. that? That also bugged the shit out. Not at all. Like, nothing in it made sense. <laughs> what? No. What? What, ma'am? No, I'm not. <laughs> that was the best part of that movie. I was laughing so fucking. Nothing made it sense. It just reminded me of something from, like, a Chappelle show skit. Like, when they drank yeah, Tyrone yeah. off, he's like, what, bitch, no! no. <laughs> But like uh, nothing logically led to the next thing. It was it was almost like a, a shitty superhero movie where the villain's plan doesn't make any fucking sense. It's just like Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman. His plan made no sense. It was that level of convoluted and ridiculous. And why was it called Glass? And he really, he, he had he nothing to do with it. He had nothing to do with he it. He got he broke them all out. And he sent the footage out to show the world that they're superheroes. That's what he did. And it, it, the, by very virtue of that being the driving force of the movie, was that almost seems like it should have been in the background of a larger story. Yeah. To be at the end going, oh, the footage got out neat. There was like no thread from start to finish pulling no. the whole thing through. And that's what really drove me nuts is I'm like, okay, I can argue that, you know, Unbreakable feels like, like you said, identity. I watch it as mm. a father-son movie and also yep. like trying to figure out like... It has a lot of layers. Yeah, you know, it's like a... a reclaiming your old glory kind of right. oh well, what's the word I'm looking for midlife crisis movie yep. split again I have no idea what maybe about. like you're supposed to like it's about look this is an unbreakable villain yeah that's what it's yeah, about yeah exactly like I'm gonna shoehorn in Bruce Willis but I guess if we were really pressed you'd say like yes our flaws are what define us kind of thing right this one I'm like what am I watching what is the theme no what? this was like a, just a beat for beat superhero movie without any subtext whatsoever it was just plot it was all plot there was no substance and like what I hate is just how self like aggrandizing the dude one get I'm so sick of your cameos I don't know wh- <laughs> I don't know who you- hey didn't I meet you once like 15 years ago so I'm like a, what you're a, a drug dealer apartment tenant like I really <laughs> no he's like I hung out with a bad crowd I really cleaned myself up since then clearly think not your positive. Haircut, though yeah think positive oh, HIV my god oh, it was it was so <laughs> but um I, can I just say this too <sighs> Why was so the majority? I get that in the first movie, in Unbreakable, uh, Elijah was obsessed with comic books, so he was he was quandering whether or not that that comic book characters are steeped in some kind of reality. 
why did every character in Glass go to a comic book shop to do their research? So much so that the evil woman at the end was even just at a comic book yes. shop and overheard two, like, neckbeards going, Hey, the master plan! They never know the master plan. To and looks up if she wasn't yeah. in that comic book shop at that, that exact, exact moment. moment. Oh, I why? About and that. then his kid, too, keeps going to comic book shops to, to look up, like, the origin of the beast in comics. And the girl, too. Remember at one point there's that really awkward scene yeah. she's just like, What's the origin of Superman? Superman originally. Yeah, they couldn't say Superman though. They said the man in red and blue, something like that. Yeah. So, like, why? What was? Why do they keep spending so much time in comic shops? It's kind of sad when they were like. One, like, when you watch them break, well, there's that little blurb at the top where they just put all these stats oh, about yeah, comics. Oh, yeah, this many comics are sold, blah, 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 And blah. you're like, okay, I can kind of get thematically that's what this universe is supposed to be like. Not in Split at all, by the way. No. But, It's just suggesting okay. that these these are all, like, how religion is, like, the flood in religions. Mm-hmm. There was an actual flood 11,000 years ago. Sure. So, so things are sometimes steeped in reality. Myths are steeped in reality. But it didn't apply to Split or Glass in any it way, shape, or form. It doesn't make any sense. Like... Hold on. I don't know. I just can't believe that uh, maybe Bruce Willis was really shitty to work with or maybe he demanded too much money because it would make sense for Glass to die. Kind of makes sense for the Horde to die. He's the villain. Villains die in comic book, but in comic book movies. But to have David Dunn be drowned in a puddle unceremoniously after 10 lines of dialogue and probably 25 minutes of screen time makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And then again, so either... In the next one, a bunch of young superheroes are going to be inspired by him, or he's going <gasps> to wake up in the morgue and we find out, oh, he's unbreakable even to be Death. killed. Okay, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Superman's died a bunch of times. Maybe that's what they're going for. Sure. But in this, in the context of this film itself, it's fucking horrible. It's like insulting to the audience <laughs> to just unceremoniously kill a guy off. Can we it's, talk about the not one, the not two? But three plot twists this guy had to fucking throw in the Wait, final what, what was the, what were the, I didn't, maybe I just. Top it, three yeah, go, <laughs> plot go twists. I was uh, waiting for a plot twist. M. Night's like, Glass. Number one. Uh, <clears throat> we find out that the abusive mother of, what's his face, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Finally okay. snapped after the death of her husband. Who died on the train. I guess that was a twist. That was more like Plot. a revelation than a twist. Because remember, like, he's... Fl- that, I had to remember, really strained to remember it whenever Sam yeah. Jackson's flipping through the file and he has that really overdramatic, like, <gasps> moment, like, he almost starts crying and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So that was one. He was like... <gasps> which, I, well, which is ridiculous because a lot of people have been predicting that since Split came out. It's like M. Night just went on a fucking yeah. blog or is just really not that sell of a writer. Yeah. I, I, either or. It's not both? Impressive. I'm going to go with both. both. Number two, Mr. Glass pulls a Rorschach and then streams all that information out to the world. Yep. Like, that was supposed to be a They kept room. cutting to the, the screen's recording, and I was like, why do they keep cutting to that? And the zooms. Why are screens zooming? Why would security cameras Zoom. have zooms? Yeah. <laughs> but they used to become, again, we w- watch a lot of movies, like, uh, like film school, Fuck and study it. them, so maybe the average person would be, like, surprised by these twists, but they weren't. Like, I was genuinely surprised at... Uh, Kevin, uh, him being dead in the sixth sense wasn't yep. surprised at all at uh, at the revelation that Elijah was a villain at nope. the end of Unbreakable because that's just fucking if he you look comic books and also he looks like a villain throughout that I, I, it really became obvious the next the way he's like they even again make a point of fucking saying it right in the final see the way this character's bent out of shape see yeah, like, his yeah, yeah. proportionate head and I'm like yeah. okay so he's the fucking he's the bad villain. guy if you've ever read a comic book and I think M. Night was so up his own ass from the uh, revelation in, in the sixth sense 100%. that he thought he'd get away with it 100% 
And then the, there was no. It's not real... as bad as a fucking alien race that's smart enough to travel the galaxy, but to not a to water pick a based planet, planet that's eighty percent what kills them. That's stupid, why, uh, um, um, <laughs> to me, uh, um, uh, to me, signs is his Return of the Jedi because it's full of Ewoks. It's full of fucking Ewoks, and then immediately the village, the next film is atrocious watch that once on a date with this chick in uh, high school it was so painful dude so we barely liked each other it's just one of those things like we know each other should we try going on so we went to Blockbuster rented that fucking flick we sat in her bedroom which was smaller than mine and like the TV was here I sat on the bed I think I sat on the floor and she sat on the bed and we watched this piece of (laughs) shit with dreamy uh, handicapped Adrian Brody yeah yeah oh god damn it (laughs) but yeah halfway in I was just like like, at least Joaquin's in it he gets stabbed and I was like you know what M. Night go and then at the end of the movie where it turned out it's fucking Upper Canada Village I was like fuck you I'm out (laughs) I'm out (laughs) it was beyond atrocious the whole revelation scene you murdered this dead date like (laughs) but wasn't the whole revelation scene was M. Night as a park ranger being like I hear me that 10 years or, or 20 years ago some rich people when it's all owned by rich it's just, just so awkward, giving the most expository exposition. dialogue yeah so clunky and th- reveal number three was that in fact the, she, what's her face oh, staple yeah. was in fact working for a secret f- organization what was it called that has I don't care the, the three leaf clovers the, or the some go shit? fuck themselves the clover fields <laughs> the very idea that they meet in a public restaurant and have to wait for patrons oh, to leave was, I mean because they did that twice <laughs> And it made me laugh both times. Like, so were they just pretending to talk? Were they doing the background extra thing of going like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P? And also like <laughs> when anyone who's actually like if you and me went in that restaurant, we're like, why is no one ordering anything? Is everyone just sitting here? But just, the, just that moment of like the door closes and they all just suddenly, sudden silence falls. And they all turn slowly so and she starts, dumb. why would you just rent a private fucking room? Why are you letting <laughs> citizens into your fucking secret organization? You can rent a theater <laughs> for presentations. I think there was a private room in the back of that restaurant that could just close the door. And who were these people? You can't set up a secret organization without any indication of who they are. Because she just said, like, no, we did believe you. We're a group that makes sure people like you don't uh, meet the light of day. Uh-huh. Why? Uh-huh. When were you formed? What caused you to fall? And that could have been the flick. Because remember, Elijah starts insinuating in Unbreakable in that, like, oh no, comic books are in fact documentation of, like, mm-hmm. it was kind of seemed like he was building, like, no, 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 they're actual gods amongst humans. And, like, something. Something. But we don't really touch on that. Like, there's so no. much shit going on in that movie, you kind of just dip your toe in it. Like, there's yeah. a secret organization that kind of does something. And the Three Leaf Clover thing bugged the shit out of me because it, it bugged me because it took me a minute. I was like, why do they have three? Li- oh. Oh fuck you! Yeah, it's again. It's one of those things like that's not clever. <laughs> no, fuck you. Like, that took me a second because yeah. it was confusing. But ultimately, that's not fucking. clever. And also, you're putting a lot of emphasis on it. Like on it, it is. Yeah. Like that's a lot of his. Like, why, why is this Irish guy going to shoot uh, the beast? Oh, he's part of our organization. The part that I re- that really started to be like, oh, dude, you're just like, do you? Like, I bet you he's the type of dude that fucking calls out his own name when he comes. You know, what he, oh, I, was, like, I was watching an interview, I think, with him, and he referred to himself in the third person at one point, and I, I actually made the uh, the Michael Keaton like jerk off motion, just like, oh, that that's my review for this movie, by the way. If Michael Keaton loved making the jerk off motion back in the eighties, he did it in Beetlejuice, he did it in the Dream Team, he oh, did it in something else. That was his Michael Michael Keaton's move was to go, man, make a jerk off motion. That's my review for this fucking movie. Honestly, my favorite. <laughs> uh, 
part where, where he was clearly just like you could feel him behind the monitor just tweaking his nipples being like god damn I'm so great <laughs> it's the shot of, of Dunn's at the end of the field the overseer mm-hmm. and he whips over to the fucking beast and he's going roar, he's yeah, like yeah. roaring and shit <laughs> and he keeps going back and forth and like in your head this is like Battle of the Titans yeah, because in the parking lot of an insane because you're excited for this yeah. no one in the theater right now gives a fuck <laughs> dude I know you're very excited for this to happen yeah, yeah. clearly That's, I was in a pretty full theater and at the end it was like you could hear a pin drop and then people just being like what the fuck <laughs> and like everyone was muttering like word of mouth is gonna destroy this thing um but wait I want to talk about his MasterCard commercials because it kind of ties back into that Okay. Actually, I'll, I'll say that now. I'll, I have a story about the guy next to me in the theater. Okay. Um, he didn't masturbate. Just to, <laughs> I'm not going to bury the lead because I know half the people who are listening like, oh, oh. Off. Was he um, just farting the whole time? So anyways, he had a MasterCard commercial M. Night back in the day. Okay. Um, MasterCard commissioned a couple directors to do these commercials. I remember those, yeah. Um, Wes Anderson's was great. Cause Michael it was, Bay did one too? I, probably. It was just everything was blowing up? Probably. Yeah. And like, it was great because they were kind of like su- like satire. Like they were kind yeah. of poking fun. Wes Anderson's especially like, hey Wes, are these going to be enough dubs for this shot? He's yeah. like, gee, I don't know. He's like, it was like one shot too. Yeah, it was really right? cool. He had like an adventure scarf on with like the gloves and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. It was hilarious. Wait, what was M. Night? <laughs> this fucking prick, dude. He's sitting in a diner, right, with this disturbed look on his face. Oh, he's in it he put himself in it yeah, of course he did yeah, I think yeah. all of them did to play like devil's yeah, advocate yeah. Michael Bay and Wes Anderson were in theirs were they the like the main focus yeah of like they, they were like well, I use my MasterCard for true okay yeah. but no not M. Night no 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 <laughs> the man who fucking puts a tower who never goes to it for the fucking final climax does not fucking avoid an opportunity to subvert your expectations, expectations. No. he's sitting there in a diner and he looks over at a woman she's feeding her baby and then like presses his on his eye on her his eyes and, like, the baby has tentacles and the mother's screaming. And he, like, shakes his head and furrows uh, his brow. Uh, and then he looks I'm over already annoyed. at another poopy. It's like a, like a waitress taking the order. And, like, the guy's <laughs> nodding. And then it zooms in on his eyes. And all of a sudden, like, she's a killer. Stabbing. My, I swear to God. The my end, brain is so unique. My swear to God. This is the end of the commercial. Someone comes up and goes, oh, my God. Are you M. Night Shyamalan? Can I have your autograph? He's like, of course. Signs a thing. And then, like, his check comes and he signs it. And it's like, master. <laughs> and you're like that's it you're like fuck you look how I see the world fuck you look how I see the world so much better than you peons you're a tortured celebrity <laughs> that people just can't wait to get an autograph from that's your commercial you fucking cock that's like embarrassing I just he's, he's do you remember his role in Lady in the Water I never saw that one Lady in the Water it. is a fucking shit show as well and again it's so disappointing that's one of those examples where an amazing score James Newton Howard Lady in the Water score is one of the one of my favorite scores and it's attached to one of the worst movies ever made. Gotcha. But in that movie, I'm going to spoil it for you, unless you're planning on watching it. No. Uh, the whole thing is that there's this race of of water people who like talk to humans and inspires us to do good. But for the past like however many years, we've been ignoring them, and Why? Uh, because they we left the shores and went inland and built an empire. So thousands of years ago. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to defend this. Shit no, no, I'm, I'm not rolling my eyes at you. Trust me. <laughs> But so they stopped listening, and so the people of the water, realizing that humans were destroying the world, were sending out people, uh, their children, to try and talk to us, because all we need to do is glimpse one, and it'll awaken something in us that'll make us change the world. And so Bryce Dallas Howard is one of these nymphs, and they're hunted by these evil creatures. And uh, so that's the setup, that's the premise. And that's, in the movie, a lot, man. It's a, he wrote it as a fairy tale for his kids. 
Um, and so in the movie, it's um, um, what's his name? Rhino. Why am I not forgetting? Remember Giamatti? Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Oh, he's an electrician. He's I remember the, the ads now. He's the yeah. He's the character. Char- take her at the uh, yeah, hotel slash okay. apartment okay. building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He finds her in the pool, and he's just kind of trying to rescue her. But one of the tenants is M. Night Chatapon, living with his sister at this apartment complex, and he's a writer, and he has writer's block. And so he gets a glimpse at Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, they wrote my boy Jeffrey right into this, too? Yeah. Oh, uh, he's the... Sorry. No, he's not the film critic. Bob Balaban's the film critic that walks around spouting all the negative reviews that M. Night Chalman's ever gotten in his life. But anyways, to make a long story short, uh, he, this writer sees this nymph and it inspires him. He goes in and he just sits in his, his typewriter and types and types and types. And then he's like, why? After I saw you, why did I have all this inspiration to write these things? And she goes, because in like less than a year, you're going to die. But a child will find your book. And that book will inspire that child to go on to change the world. So that's your place in it. So M. Night Shyamalan basically wrote himself in as being the pre-come to Jesus <laughs> like his his wonderful words will inspire a man to change the world and it's so embarrassing like he has no it's hubris so, no it's almost remarkable everyone he, told him he was the new Spielberg back in the 90s <laughs> I think it just went to his head and stayed there he's like like it's, it's to a Tommy Wiseau like level of self indulgence <laughs> yeah. like it's crazy yeah. I'm the writer who saves the, the world. world my words inspire the man who oh, saves the world oh my god yeah he's uh he it is embarrassing <laughs> it really is and this 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 last one and it, again it's 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 a damn shame it's making coin because I can't believe I that movie came to fruition. Yeah. Like, it's not it, great looking. I, it's baffling to watch. Comic book universe dollar sign eyeballs on the producers. But uh, it's it's objectively, it's doing well and failing at the same time, though. Because they projected domestic for it to make over $100 million and only made $40 million domestic. But it's only a $20 million mm-hmm. budget. So it's objectively doing well, but way less than anticipated. So it's a bomb hit. It's weird. It's kind of falling in that gray area. Fucking glass, man. Um, this movie, it gen like I wish I could have had a time lapse of my face <laughs> while watching it because I started off being like, "Ooh," right, and then it slowly just like my face melted like Donovan at the end of the Last Crusade. <laughs> Until at the end, I was actually, like, grumpy afterwards. I was like, I'm fucking annoyed. I really don't know what I expected. No, I don't know either. I don't know why it made me so grumpy. Like, and the funny thing is that, like, his movies are entertaining, but they're by no means clever. No. Like, there's a dash there's, of cleverness, but well, I think it's he usually it's... punctuated at one exact moment. We're like, oh, that's pretty smart. Ah, gotcha. But, like, it's not like you walk and watch them overall. Like, they're pretty blatant. Like, yeah. example, Sixth Sense, uh, we see... Haley Joel, I thought of this one again after I saw the movie that you start to notice the chinks in the arm where you're like, oh, good lord, I guess he's not as right. swab as everyone thought. He's talking to a woman behind after, before the play. And I love the success. I love that movie. That. Talking to the woman before the play and then the teacher walks and knocks on the door. And so the woman gets up and then she turns and she's all burnt on one oh, side. Oh, right, yeah, and you yeah, realize, yeah. like, oh, he was talking to another a ghost. Dead girl, yeah. So, oh, the horror of it, that's, and there's no, like, shock music, so you're like, that's yeah. really clever and tense. Then he tacks on this fucking, like, did you know there was a fire in this <laughs> way? And you're like, so hey, is, by this, the way. is this funny now that the woman was all fucking third degree burnt up, like? Objectively, the sixth sense is hilarious because he ends oh. up becoming a ghost therapist at the end. What he needed was a demon. Because you find out, because it's sort of like, did you watch, um, uh, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix? No. I won't spoil anything for you. You should watch it. It's really great. It's a series. It's ten episodes. It's uh, 
It's really great. I really, really enjoyed it. I love horror so much that I hate 95% of horror offerings because I'm very fucking judgmental. Sure, oh yeah. And The Haunting of Hill House is really, really good. Horror to me is like uh, heavy music, like punk or metal. Mm. <clears throat> For me, there's a very thin line between, okay. like, that was amazing and, like, oh my god, that, that is unbearable absolutely shit. Horrible. Yeah. But um, but uh, the, they, the ghosts in The Sixth Sense became sympathetic at the end and that it was no longer a horror movie. It became a story about Bruce Willis. I guess it's not the kind of movie that, like, there needed to be a bad guy ghost, I guess. Yeah. But uh, at, at also at the same time, on rewatch, you're like, that would have added a layer to it, at least. If there, if there was some uh, opposition to what these characters were doing in the form of a, an antagonist. But there isn't at all. There's no antagonist The in antagonist, movie. there is miscommunication. It's miscommunication. <laughs> yeah. That's who the real bad guy is. I think Unbreakable and Sixth Sense are equally uh, good. I think it's just whether or not you prefer horror or comic books. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? That's where that kind of dips you to, to either one. I'll agree with that. But yeah, I don't. What did you do after that one? It was um, it was um, uh, the signs, and then the village, and then Lady in oh, the Water. I love that soundtrack, though. Uh, no, yeah, his soundtracks were so good at the beginning. He surrounded himself with talented fucking people, and then he did. Uh, I finally watched about a year ago. I finally got around to watching After Earth, the uh, the Will Smith. Oh, kids. how'd you do? <laughs> I ended up fast-forwarding a lot of it, to be honest with you. I was just like, uh, uh, skip, 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 skip. It was, it was, if, again, it felt like it cost him $10 to make. It was a, what's his name, Jaden Smith? Jaden. It was just a vanity project through and through, and I think M. Night was just trying to recover from, from the, the spiral he was in <laughs> as a filmmaker at that Weird point. Weird choice that he went like big action sci-fi film for that one. Like, it's, it's, almost, like it's not in your real house, dude. No. You're not a visually interesting dude, really. The like, whole scenes at the beginning on the spaceship bus look like an Ed Wood movie. They look like someone set up spray-painted cardboard. <laughs> and then, and like, I, that's the one thing that this dude, I'll give this movie. It really, really made me for the first time ever conceptual on the first viewing of a movie the difference between the uh, you know pre-production uh, production and what we see as an audience right because in this moment I'm supposed to be watching you know Mr. Glass and the Horde and uh, the Overseer being interrogated by this you know the, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, this all film. I see is Sam Jackson James and McAvoy and Bruce Willis just baffled like uh, uh, please make this look good like that's <laughs> you use that shot you use the what no take like that's the one you used are you fucking serious uh, the whole thing was so uh, obviously shot on digital and by someone who just flat lit the whole thing and then uh tweaked it in post I think it's because it had no flow to it it was so jerky that I was like oh we're back to this story oh we're back to this yeah. that I could really feel like okay so this must have been day five of shooting because Sam Jackson's hair is completely different yeah, yeah, like it was just you could feel the edits and time jumps and like I felt like I was watching behind the scenes footage more than an actual movie yeah. after a while and that's the thing if this had been if he had planned to do four movies and so part one was Bruce Willis's character set up with Samuel Jackson's character set up. Part two was the Horde, the supervillain set up. And then part three was getting them all together. And then part four was the showdown. I would have been okay with a slow-moving hospital drama. I would have been like, oh, that's interesting. That's something but different, at least. That's something that's neat. plan? Like, I can't see... They them killed be... them all! <laughs> but, but, like, again, you, like, we go with, like, oh, no, there's everyone now. There's a bunch of them. The yeah, but uh, got I don't care about any other character in this universe. I care about David Dunn and Mr. Glass. You'll get him back, like, halfway through. You know he's in the trailer, like, they show the silhouette of the poncho or some such shit. Something. Yeah. But even with him back, it's still, like, I don't know. It felt like there was 
three movies or at least two movies worth of content because you need a full movie of of what was it? What do you call the Overlord? Oh, overseer. Overseer. That's Over- a terrible name. The Overseer. It, it, it doesn't flow. No. It, no. And it just again, it sounds like one that you could have used another draft. <laughs> did you just did yeah. you use the first it's name that came George to your mind? Lucas-y. He stands there and watches over the town. He sees he everything. Over- He's uh, ah, kids. Uh, <laughs> but um. A whole movie could have been him tracking down the beast and the cat and mouse game between the two of them. A whole movie could have been Samuel Jackson. It should have been Samuel Jackson was the mastermind of getting them committed in the hospital in the first place mm-hmm. so he could be in the same room with them. That mm-hmm. would have been interesting. There was at least two movies worth of ideas in there, but then both were so underdeveloped and so shoddy. Yeah. None of them got traction. the fuck out of me. None of them got traction. You're like, what's the point of these storylines? Like, and that's yeah. what's so frustrating, I think, as I watched them, like, Okay, you introduce an idea. I'm invested. Where are we going with it? Okay, it's not going anywhere. Then, and now you're making anywhere? me think, talk about this. Okay, yeah. okay, is this okay. going to go somewhere? Yeah. You do that three or four times as an audience member. You're like, I don't care anymore. No, not There's at all. There's no payoffs happening. Why was it called Glass? <laughs> exactly. It's after... only called Glass to name it after the third character. We need a third character. Or maybe, I, I was saying to Dylan there, I think he's trying to do subliminal marketing for the most... Uh, Efficient, unbreakable stained glass company. <laughs> Maybe unbreakable split glass. glass. glass split glass. Yeah. Well, split makes sense. Unbreakable makes sense. Glass makes. Oh God! I think your your cat's dying. <laughs> this is just evidence. I am in the room. He's out there. I am nowhere near this cat. Because Max, the other day, was like, I, is, are, "Is he being abused or something?" No, he's freaking he was out. Like, I was like, are you, "Were you even home? Like, was he just crying? He just wails." He's Listen to this that. shit. That's like a I want some attention whale. I think Jack might be in heat. Oh. It could be that. That's gross. Hey, baby! That's gross. Come on! But anyways... You don't want to listen to that anymore? Yeah, the, t- the titles make sense thematically for the first two, and the third one is just named after the character because Unbreakable ties into the story, the, the fact that one character is super breakable, the other character is unbreakable. They're learning about themselves, finding their place in the world, learning to be unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Split... Little on the nose, he's got a fucking split personality. Mm-hmm. But still, makes sense. Glass, there was nothing. Like, was it about the fragility of the human race's ability to perceive superheroes? Like, why the fuck was this thing called Glass? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just imagine you're in a press conference and you throw. Is, is that what we're kind of going for at the message at the end whenever you leak the information out and it, we are now seeing it through the glass of our phones? Um, is that the fragility that the of the human? Being? And he's just like. Yes, yep. it is now. That's it. Yep. Can you write that down for me? That's good. The movie should have just been called Mr. Glass. <laughs> like, it made no sense. I just, yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Also, remember how, I don't know about you, it, it holds up watching the first one. Just saying that his bones are so frail was trauma traumatizing enough in the first one to see him fall down the stairs like oh yeah Jesus Christ, and i was made listening you to the music too the score for that scene helped massively just mm-hmm. the 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 like off key like you're like oh fuck yeah it Jesus. makes you really cringe this one is However, hilarious this one whenever he like I, you know, the, the whole beast. movie like whenever he was about to drop the oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the like, flashlight on his knees i was like oh this is it and even the girl next to me started tensing them mm-hmm. but like no 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 the second he got punched in the chest and fell in that wheelchair i was so frustrated with that movie i was like good no yeah good as soon as the beast <laughs> grabbed his and broke his collarbone and then oh that was hilarious and then he kind of just went punk and punked him he away crumpled him like a wet fucking yeah, origami like, bird <laughs> <laughs> this is where a good composer would come in handy. <laughs> Just uh, crumpled him. Oh, so the dude next to me, 
Uh, maybe I should close the door. Should we? <laughs> the whole uh, podcast going to have it's a... be Davy just wailing. Yeah, we background. So I get to the theater. I don't know why, like an idiot, I fucking picked a, a seat like in the middle of mm. the row, almost like two-thirds over. I could have picked an end seat, but mm. jerk off. It wasn't I, 3D. Huh? It wasn't 3D, I didn't have to so. sit in the middle. Yeah, yeah I know. So I get, I get all the way down there, and this dude, strangest thing, pretty dorky-looking dude, but with his, like gorgeous Asian girlfriend. I was just like, what is going on here? Like, are you... Mail order. Oh, I was thinking that, or like, trust fund. I was like, well, I don't know what's going order. on, because he was dressed pretty schlubby, like, yeah. you know, he looked like a dude you'd see at Comic-Con, like, I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, not that much. <laughs> we worked at the CN Tower long enough that I've guy. seen so many, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but you know what I mean? Like, if you work at the CN Tower so long, you oh, see yeah. so many pairings of people, you're like, what's going on here? Remember how many times you could just be like, hooker, hooker, <laughs> hooker. So, I sit down, and he's like, oh, man, you excited for this movie? And I didn't want to say no, because I'm like, maybe this is his fucking Infinity War. Like, he's been right, right, waiting right. for this so badly. So I was just like, uh, you know what? I watched Unbreakable, you know, right before I left the house. <laughs> yeah. Picture you just trying so hard. Because that's yeah. me, dude. I have to be polite as shit. So I'm like, ah, you know, Unbreakable's yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. But then I saw Split last week. But yeah, Unbreakable. Huh? So anyways, lights go down. And he leans over and just goes... What, to you? Yes. And I'm like, no. No. Like, uh, why I, was he talking to you in the first place? I don't know. <laughs> and one, I'm already pretty high. I always smoke a bowl before I go out into a movie. You don't want to take an edible from a stranger. That's two, like 101. You're, no edibles from strangers. Three, don't ask me the second the lights go down. Yeah. Like, the, the Cineplex logo ends. Hey, hey, and like that low and close to me. Four, you're on a date yeah don't be that guy on a date with you can you imagine being there with sam and also you just leave to the guy like hey you want to buy balls? <laughs> maybe he's like a super rich billionaire maybe that was a hooker he was with I, it was just <laughs> I, I had so many questions so weird i had so many questions i was like what is going on what are we are we watching fucking cheech and chong like what is, it's it's, it's I wonder glass, if, you'd said, if you'd said yes 20 minutes of the movie would have been like hey you want a hand job Dude, this shit's kicking. What? I thought it was an edible. It was a pot edible. No, dude. I'll get my girlfriend to give you a hand job. She's giving me one right now. You want it? You want it on this? We can start a train. You want a gravy train? I'll tell you something. This glass is half full. (laughs) It's filling up. Uh, and that's, that's the most enjoyment anyone ever got out of a screening of glass. Yeah, let's, let's wrap that up. Yeah, so like at the end of the day, I would in no way recommend this movie to anyone. I would say if you enjoyed the first two, like if you like Mac, because I like those three actors, I like those characters. Your performances were great, but they didn't have much to work with. No, if you want to see those guys literally go through what looks and feels like a bad high school play, yeah. uh, knock yourself out, but... I'll recommend it the same way I'd recommend stopping on the 401 to look at an accident. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're just... You're just if you're just curious, this, if you're just that type of you're person, just that type of you person, son of a bitch, <laughs> go see Glass. Other than that, stay away from this movie. And it's gonna be, you know, why I stay away from this movie because, like the prequels, like how every time you watch Star Wars now, you kind of can't get the image of yippee. Now this is pod racing out of your head. I was rewatching uh, bits of Unbreakable just because, like, as the scope to wash this taste of fucking hobo cock out of my mouth. <laughs> 
and, and all I could think of it was David as David Dunn standing up out of the pool doing his origin story he didn't save the parents that's like Uncle Ben died but he got the kids and this whole music swells and I'm like you're gonna be drowned in a puddle by some random dude behind a mask to drown no, in a even, fucking puddle uh, yeah it really, yeah. So that's this movie is the is the cinematic equivalent of drowning Bruce Willis <laughs> in a puddle. <laughs> I'm just imagining. It's like this summer, Bruce Willis in glasses goes to his face on the ball. It's January 14th. That's all you needed to know. Like, that's all you needed to know, right there. That's him. Uh, all thanks, right. M. Knight. Yeah. Thanks, M. Knight. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Check us out at spaceactionheroes.com. I missed you all so much. We missed you. Hope you missed us. Like and subscribe and share. Peace. Bye.